Well, hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your temporary host. I'll turn the microphone over to our true hosts today here in just a moment. Of course, I'm talking about the great coaches on our team, Robin Joy and Brian Olson. They do such a great job of tackling those common questions from our community. But let me set the stage a little bit today. A couple thoughts that I have, having already heard the episode that you're about to hear, and a couple thoughts and additional comments before I turn them loose. First, an introduction. If you're new around here, thanks for listening to our podcast. I think you're going to truly enjoy diving into 5, 10, 15 episodes because you're going to catch a theme around here. We love to interview the successful students who have come from our rapidly expanding community of successful e-commerce warriors from around the world. That's right. I've been doing e-commerce for 20 years. We've been coaching e-commerce success as a team. There's about 60 coaches on our team. We're coming up on 19 years, over 19 actually at this point. Almost 10,000 students coached. We're very proud of the fact that we've been doing it the right way for a very long time, helping people grow successful businesses. And if you're interested in talking to us about your business, you want to talk to a true professional who's built a beautiful business and carved out a little spare time to help you and coach you along your journey towards success, specifically with selling on Amazon. That's typically the focus of our community, but anything e-commerce. We've been there, done that, and seen it. And we've got people on our team who can help you. Well, if that's you, reach out to us. There's a link to our coaching program at silentgym.com. Set up an appointment, have a friendly conversation. It's a strategy session with a consultant. So even if you don't end up getting a coach or any services from us, it'll be a very valuable use of your time. So get over there and fill out the calendar link, silentgym.com, click on coaching. The people you're about to meet today, of course, are two of the great coaches from our team who have been so helpful to so many students. They've actually got a team of coaches that work under them as well. That's the way we've divided our coaching program up. There's teams and coaches at different levels teaching different things. They're coaching leaders and they're also podcast guest hosts as well. We love having our coaches appear on our show and sharing what they're learning from the front lines because I've been doing e-commerce so long and growing a team. I don't coach very often. I'm typically bringing on higher level clients and talking at a higher level. I'm just not working so much anymore with those new students who are going through those initial steps of trying to get established. And that's where Brian and Robin are excellent. The topic that they chose today, I love. It is a topic of going to stores and getting retail shelf inventory to sell on Amazon. Is it worthwhile? Is it tedious? I don't want to do that. (laughs) Everyone keeps talking about how great it is, but I just don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. Well, the secret is you don't have to do that to still make money from doing that. And they explain how that works today and they'll tackle all of the maybe hesitations, reservations that you might have about that model because it can be beautifully scaled. It can become a very beautiful, boring, high profit business model and you don't have to go to a store ever. And they really tackle this from every angle today. I enjoyed the episode very much. Something else that came to mind though is they were having the conversation between the two of them about retail sourcing and basically buying something at a low price in one place and selling it for a higher price in another place. Arbitrage is the term that's used in the industry. You've heard retail arbitrage, RA, retail arbitrage, or OA, 
online arbitrage. In our industry, that kind of means, hey, where are you sourcing your inventory? Are you getting online and buying it? Are you going to a store, getting in your car, are you buying it that way? RA versus OA. But sometimes the question pops up, hey, is this a virtuous business model or really actually even helping anybody by doing this? Is it just a matter of us making some money by providing no valuable service anywhere? Well, I can push back very hard against that. You are creating more convenience for more people than you can possibly ever imagine. And that's just the customers that you're serving who are buying the product. Because remember, we have a saying around here that I absolutely love that says it is impossible. That's a big word. I don't use it very often, but it's true in this case. It is impossible to run a profitable business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others, most of whom you will never meet. That includes your customers for sure, the convenience there, but who else are you benefiting? Give it some brainstorming thought. I think you can imagine the hundreds or even thousands of people who benefit from even those arbitrage type activities. I dive into this topic in depth way back in podcast episode number 12. If you want to go back and hear the 12th edition of this podcast, we've done over 600 episodes at this point, but episode number 12, way back in history, 2016, it's a good episode that tackles this whole question because if you don't see the virtue in the business model that you're building, you're going to struggle to have a profitable business. You'll be self-sabotaging and undermining your own efforts every step of the way. So it's important that you see the virtue and how many people you're truly serving and understand what it is you're doing, even if you're just doing something as simple as arbitrage, flipping items from one place to another, making a profit doing it. I dive into that topic in depth back in episode 12. Well, I think that's a good setup for today's show. One little announcement before I turn the microphone loose for the rest of the episode to Brian and Robin Joy. If you're not planning on coming to the Proven Conference yet or you haven't made plans yet, you want to join us July 6th through 8th, 2023 in Columbus, Ohio. We'd love to have you there. As I'm recording this, we just passed 400 people registered for the event. It's going to be hundreds of listeners to this show joining us live in Columbus, Ohio for over 40 breakout sessions, all focused on e-commerce and Amazon seller success from every possible angle, including all kinds of new topics we haven't taught anywhere before. It's going to be a tremendous event. And be looking, there may be a link in the show notes today. Our live stream offer for that event will be going live soon. If there's not a link in the show notes today, there will be one very soon. There'll be a link on the event website. What's the event website, Jim? The Proven Conference. Remember those three words, theprovenconference.com. So if you're going to join us live, that's the website you need. If you're looking for live stream access, There'll be a link on that page soon if it isn't there already. Either way, we'd love for you to join. And everybody who registers for the event will get access to a private Facebook group just for event attendees and live stream attendees where you can interact with the other heavy hitters and sold out business building warriors that love this community, as well as all the brand new people who are still kind of checking things out and seeing if this is all legit, kind of feeling their way through. We'll have a bunch of them as well. We're going to answer all your questions no matter what level you're at some very high-level advanced content, as well as plenty of brand new seller content for those people who say, hey, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know if this is for me. Can someone answer my questions? We got a bunch of stuff for you as well. It's a little something for everyone. If you are a business building warrior trying to use the internet creatively, you found the right community. All right, let's jump into today's content. I'll turn the microphone over now to our guest hosts, Brian and Robin Joy. Enjoy. 
Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We are your co-hosts. I'm Brian. And I'm Robin Joy. And this is Coach's Corner. We're really excited to be with you today. A great topic, I think, that everyone's going to really enjoy. Uh, most people, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's something that we haven't talked about in, in a while. And yeah. the community hasn't been talking about it. But we have heard a couple of podcasts recently that have been started talking about it. And we thought, mm-hmm. geez, let's talk about um, retail arbitrage. Yeah, A lot of people have shied away from it. But there are things about it that could be good. Well, let's first of all take a step back from that because okay. I think there's a, as a new person coming into the group and mm-hmm. or into the replens model or arbitrage model in general, mm-hmm. we as a community we tend to think of retail arbitrage as uh, like going to the store, right, right, right. We do call distinguish retail arbitrage and online arbitrage as two different things. It's both, it's usually retail, even when you're online. Right. So, but then there's online arbitrage, which everyone thinks, and the, you know, this is this, the, the terminology in our group right. is well online, but in fact, online arbitrage is still retail arbitrage. It's just that you're not going to the store. So the differentiation there is retail usually means we're going to the store. Online means that we're shopping online only. Right. In this community, that's kind of the way the lingo has right. has gone. So yes. Okay. So yeah. just, I, I like to clear that up. Ooh. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit, Brian. You were explaining to me before. I thought it was a really good explanation. When I first started doing this, I had no idea what the word arbitrage meant. Can you talk to us about what arbitrage means? Yeah. I'm probably not the expert, but I did do a little bit of research for an upcoming project that we have. And arbitrage is probably most uh, utilized in the financial space, like financial markets, Mm -hmm. um, to include currency. Currency is where I've seen it most played out, where the value of a certain uh, currency is set in a particular market, like in a European market or even a subset of the European market, which might be different than the way it is in a Canadian market or a Mexican market or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you find these slight differences in valuation, then you can buy it in one market and sell it in another market. And that is the arbitrage play. So, Okay. So are there other places where this happens? Absolutely. I think we were talking about it. You can do it in commodities. Mm-hmm. You can do it in, in other financial... Stocks, of course. Stocks, yeah, yeah. security, like... There are ways to do it with stocks. And then obviously what we're talking about, even wholesale, the wholesale model is an arbitrage play. Right. There's right. Those are two different markets, yeah, right? Different, you're buying it in a wholesale market and you're selling it in a retail market. Mm-hmm. And what we do in the replens model is we buy it in a retail market and resell it in a retail market because mm-hmm. even in those markets, there can be differences and discrepancies. Yes. Very good. Yes. Thanks for explaining that. That was, I thought, a really good explanation when you explained it to me. I kind of knew what it was, but that helped me solidify that. So uh, we already talked about it a little bit, that we have certain lingo sometimes in this community. Mm -hmm. And when we say retail arbitrage, we're usually talking about going to the store and buying items to package and send to Amazon. And when we say online, as opposed to online arbitrage, where we're usually talking about buying from online stores or markets 
and having that sent to us and then packaging it and sent away or having it sent to our prep center who packages it and sends it to Amazon. Mm -hmm. But the online purchases are very often retail as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly right. Now, one of the things that uh, I was thinking about, because I didn't read ahead. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And so what I was covering in, in the beginning is is was actually the second point here. So I apologize for, <laughs> for jumping the gun. But there's a lot of, uh, I'll say, folks coming into this community who are interested in the push button approach, mm-hmm. right? I want to buy it online. I don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it, feel it, smell it, get right. dirty by it. Put it in a poly bag, do any yeah, of that Yeah, I don't stuff. have room in my house. I don't have the time in my life. I don't have, I'm not right. strong. I can't lift and pull things. And yeah, absolutely. It works really well for people to do that that way. It, and there are courses in the Proven Amazon course mm-hmm. to tell you all about that. But that actually does leave an opportunity. I've heard it even fairly recently where Jim will say something like, or other people will say, when you do that, you are limiting yourself in this business, right? Right. And in some cases, that's a that's it's a known design, it's, not, it's a known limit going in, right? right? Like, okay, I might live overseas, I might have yeah. physical limitations. There could be any number of reasons why that's okay, and that's you know by design. But let's not forget, there is an awful lot of low hanging fruit when it comes to doing um, arbitrage in a store, going into a physical store yourself or someone that you might know, and actually buying that product and bringing it back home. There are many advantages to that. Yeah, there can be. Yeah, let's talk about that some more, Brian. Well, what do you think is the first one that stands out to you the most? Well, I I was just going to say, before we start Mm. uh, talking about that, I was just going to say, this is just one play. There are so many things that are available in this community to learn in the Proven Amazon course. So don't think that this is the only play, but we just want to talk about this as one option mm-hmm. that we all have or many of us have. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so we could make a case for it. We could make a case for it. Let's see if we can make a case for doing retail arbitrage if it's available to you. I think we can. All right. And even as a uh, as a former like Walmart avoider, I can tell you that... <laughs> just remember, Brian used to get a rash anytime we got near... Walmart. He will not go to Walmart still to save money, but he will go to Walmart to make money. There's something appealing about walking into the store, knowing the items that you're going to make money on. It's it's almost the thrill of the chase, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm going to see if they have this. It can be exciting. We walk into the store. I'm like, oh, yes, I got this. I got this. Oh, they're out of that. But yeah. I still got some things that, you know, it kind of gives you that endorphin rush, mm-hmm. right? When you walk into the store and you're able to get it. And one of the major benefits of being able to walk in the store and get it is? You, it's a quick turnaround. It's a very quick turnaround. So if I need to get a shipment in today and I don't have the stuff ordered, it's not coming in or it got back ordered or something, and I need I need to get some shipments in to keep my momentum going, mm-hmm. I can go to the store, buy it, package it, and ship it in. Mm-hmm. As opposed to when I buy it online, I got to wait a week or 10 days for it to come in, mm-hmm. then ship it and send it to Amazon. Or if I'm using a prep center, Mm -hmm. that's what you were saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I'm using a prep center, I have to wait, order it, send it to them, wait some more time for them to do their shipment and send it into Amazon. So if I need it to move quickly for some reason, for any reason, Mm -hmm. then that is an option that I have to go to the store, pick it up off the shelf, package it up and send it to Amazon in a day. And this is a challenge that a a lot of newer sellers face. Mm -hmm. You you want to get going. You've got the money. You spent the money. 
And what happens is the day from the day that you spend it, if you're doing online only and using a prep center, mm-hmm. from the day you spend that money to the day that the item maybe leaves the prep center on its way to Amazon could be two full weeks. Could be and then very, very easily. And then mm-hmm. we've got three to five days of transportation time. And then upon arrival, who knows how many days until Amazon gets it into a receiving status. Mm-hmm. And then even when it's in a receiving status, it could be sitting in uh, on a truck you know, mm-hmm. somewhere being delivered to a different fulfillment center. Right. And pretty soon you could be a month from the day that you spent sure. the money to, to the time uh, frame when that product is actually in the prime window and available for purchase by consumers. Absolutely possible. So if you don't already have a pipeline full mm-hmm. or you have been on vacation or been away from your business for some reason and you need to get that started again, yes. this is an option. This is an option for you. I also like it because uh, because of the quick turnaround. You can add this on to your yes. existing plan. So let's say sure it's can. Q4 and I'm, yeah. I'm fully outsourced. I've got a prep center and um, I'm doing all or most of my shopping online. Mm-hmm. Now it's Q4 and there are some things that I might like to take advantage of that are seasonal. Yes. And so I can go to the store and pick them up myself and send in a shipment in addition to whatever my normal book of right. business is that's happening at the prep center and and create some cherry on the Sunday, as they say. You are absolutely right. So just because I'm using a prep center, that doesn't preclude me from sending a shipment on my own mm-hmm. as well or mm-hmm. have someone help me locally as yeah. well. So that's a good point. We talk a lot about wherever the crowds go, you should probably try and go in a different direction when you can. So, yeah, well, sometimes you'll find gold there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if everyone is doing OA because they like the, the you know, the no touch aspect, the no touch, which yeah. is very appealing. And and we Absolutely. all, you know, strive to get to that point, then there might be some low hanging fruit mm-hmm. in the not online only um, world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. If everybody, if, if, and it has become more popular, it feels like for people to work online. And and that's a valid, a valid thing. I mean, I usually do not go to the store because I can take a lot less profit if I never have to touch it, if it doesn't take my time. Mm -hmm. And a prep center can do a whole lot more of it than I can do as a human, one human. But it's also because of those reasons, sometimes there's some stuff that gets left Mm -hmm. behind. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for things that might be a place to look. Yes. I think that we run into this a lot with, with coaching clients where, mm-hmm. for instance, a little quick story here, was working <laughs> with a coaching. I know. <laughs> I was working with a coaching client the other day and he said, well, I'll just kind of dive into this for a minute because okay. it was a very okay. sort of kismet or, you know, the universe had his back. You know, God was working in mysterious ways mm-hmm. for him, right? So the, the first part of this conversation is relatively short is, Oh, I got laid off last Friday. Mm. And I expected to be like, oh no, like what, you know, what are you going to do? What's the plan? You know? And he's like, yeah, it was crazy. While I was in the meeting getting laid off, one of my former supervisors or bosses from like two or three jobs ago actually sent me a text message and said, hey, I have some temporary work for you. Would you be interested in doing, you know, a couple of weeks worth of work? And he was like, He's like, I didn't even wait for the meeting to end where I was getting laid off. And I just replied like, yes, what do I need to do? Right. Mm -hmm. The universe was working. Everything was working out for him. And that was the first example of that. The second example of that was that uh, he found a deal on this uh, uh, vending machine, a couple of vending machines, but he needed a, before he pulled the trigger on, you know, purchasing them, he needed to make sure he had something, a place lined up to put them. The very first phone call he made 
They said, yeah, we'll take both of them. Oh, this sounds amazing. I can't wait to hear this guy's story. And I didn't write, I didn't prep for this particular story. There were other things. Oh, this is the whole point of me telling this. Uh-huh. Uh, his wife also has a business and he had to go pick up, go to the store to pick up some stuff um, for her business. While he was there, he sourced items in the store that generated enough profit that he took home with him that day that covered the expenses for the items that he was there to pick up in the first Oh my place. goodness. Right. So by the end, the time we got to the end of this call, he was like, yeah, so I thought I'd call and get some, you know, mindset tips. <laughs> and I was like, you got all the mindset going already. Everything is working out for you. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was an awesome yeah. story. But the point is, yeah, when you go into the store, you might find things that you didn't even know existed before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really anxious to to hear. I'm sure that that person will eventually, if it hasn't already been interviewed by Jim, I'm anxious to hear his story. But it, you, the, you're right. The, and the point of that is when you are, sometimes when you're online, when you're just sitting behind your computer, you have no idea where to start. Right. When you're going into the store on a mission to pick something else up, you're like, oh, well, what's sometimes, right next to that? Yes. What's right below that? What's right Remember above Remember, we used to have contests uh-huh. early on. We would, go, we would go to the store and then we would stand in an aisle and challenge each other. Who can pick one without looking? Who can pick one that's going to be, that's going to work for a replant test? Mm-hmm. And you would grab something, I'd grab something, and we'd have contests. He could, <laughs> <would win. laughs> it, it, it's is, fun when you make a game. Of it, it is fun. And after a while, you can kind of get to know like, oh, I bet that one's going to be good. And you pick it up, you do your verification. You're like, yep, that's mm-hmm. going to be a moneymaker right yes. there. Right. Or it's, it's worth testing. It's worth testing for yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's great. Well, again, I skipped ahead to one of the items that. Uh, we oh yeah, you're just you're just messing it up all over I'm the just, place. <laughs> you know, I don't like to know the the plot line or, or the punchline to the joke until we get to the end. But here I am jumping ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. We, we're used to you, honey. That's okay. all right. Okay, so well, as long as we're on that topic, let yeah. me just uh, spell out a couple of the other ones. While you're in the store. And you're, you know, looking for the other items or, you know, you're in the in the store looking for the item that you're there for. You'll discover other items mm-hmm. and a couple of tips. The items typically that we found mm-hmm. that are great for in the store shopping is whatever's on the bottom shelf mm-hmm. and whatever's on the top shelf. Absolutely. You would be surprised when I, I used to go retail arbitrage all the time. Well, I would, I would actually source it and then go to the store and pick up what I needed for mm-hmm. my replants, right? Mm-hmm. I was forever. I, in fact, my sister does it for us too. She has made herself a little tool to get the things off the top shelf. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, getting down on the bottom shelf as well. We have a picture of our of our great niece who's crawling in trying to get some kind of napkins or something. Yeah, one of our <laughs> former shoppers was like getting some napkins off the bottom shelf and they were pushed all the way to the back. And so the our great niece then was... Yeah in there like pulling them out she was like she was like four or five years old yeah (laughs) yeah anyway the tip is the top shelf and the bottom shelf it's the cheapest quote-unquote real estate in the store Mm -hmm. right and and so you will find that and i say cheapest real estate it's like those brands who aren't willing to pay for everything being at eye level Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we can't you know make money on those items right absolutely Um, and and yeah so we're constantly hunting down someone with a ladder or a tall person (laughs) or making like yes because we're not because you can't tell from a podcast but we're we're vertically challenged (laughs) neither one of us is that tall yeah so Uh, yeah that's true so the other reason i think that those make good I mean, I'm making stuff up, but it seems seems like people might not, uh, when they're shopping in the store, don't see those top shelf mm-hmm. and bottom shelf, but they see it on Amazon when I put it on Amazon for them. So yes. that can be one of the reasons. It doesn't matter. Well, it happens to be 
in our experience, a good place to look. That happens to us all the time. Like there were products I never even knew existed. (laughs) They were on the top shelf and the bottom shelf. Absolutely. Top shelf, you know, because I can't see it in the bottom shelf (laughs) because, you know, I don't make a habit of crawling around on the floor while we're in the store. So what else do we do while we're in the store? Ah, uh, Talk about cherry on the Sunday. One of the Mm -hmm. things that we like to do, it's not replens, but is to check out the clearance aisle. Um, Isn't love, Jim always telling us, I'm not asking you to leave that $20 bill on the right, shelf. Pick right. that up too while you're there. Yeah. And now I'm not a fan of the clearance aisle in, let's say, a Walmart, but I am a fan <laughs> of the clearance aisles in uh, Lowe's and Home Depot. Mm. They usually put them on the end cap. I can go right over there, do a quick scan. And you you know, you know, take one side and I take the other. Yes. You can knock the store out pretty quickly. Yeah. True story. And um, yeah, Walmart has all kinds of, of little tricks and stuff for True. finding better prices when you scan them with the Walmart app and things like that. But yeah, you can absolutely, if you're there, you can absolutely pick up some clearance items or sale items that might also be good to mm-hmm. go into your shipment with mm-hmm. you. While you're there, make a little extra cash. Just make a little extra. Make a little extra. extra, extra. extra. Right. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, okay. 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 Here's another one that I think is a great one, especially if you're doing anything that has uh, an expiration date or a shelf mm-hmm. life on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're in the store, you can actually look at the expiration date before you purchase it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with um, like in the grocery category or some of the beauty beauty categories, pet, um, food. pet food, yeah, there are different items that need expiration dates and they need to be a certain amount out in order to send them into Amazon FBA. When you order those online and have them delivered to you, then you haven't looked at the, you can't see you the expiration dates. You get whatever right. they put in the box. It right. Could have been so the you end up returning the it if it's not a good expiration date mm-hmm. or... If you can return it, if you can't, it's it's a problem. So that is one thing when I'm doing things that need expiration dates, I do like going to the store so mm-hmm. I can see it first mm-hmm. and grab only the ones that I want. Yeah, I, there are still some items that are in uh, that have shelf life that yeah play well in the OA Usually. space. Teas, maybe coffee, something like that. Have long coffee less, I suppose, but have long expiration. They have a longer expiration date. Spices, other types of things that canned food, canned or you know not uh, canned, but uh, they put them in foil packs these days. You know that kind, those kinds of items that have a little bit longer uh, shelf. They're shelf stable. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I have to tell you about a coaching program that's been around for about nineteen years. It's coached almost 10,000 e-commerce business building warriors. It's got a team of about 60 coaches who are not only great teachers with tremendous hearts who love their students, but they're all succeeding at the business strategies that you hear taught on this show. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm talking about our coaching program. There's a link at silentgym.com. Get over there, get on our schedule, have a free consultation, zero pressure. We're going to help you build your business on that call. Sign up at silentgym.com, free consultation. See if our coaching program is a good fit for you, where you get to not only work one-on-one with one of our tremendous coaches, not only do you get that, you also get a reactive coach that you can contact at any point in time. That's a separate coach. You get all the training and content that we provide around here at no cost now and into the future. Tremendous list of benefits. I'm not going to go into all of them right now. Silentgym.com. Click on the coaching link, sign up for a consultation. Hey, let's get back to the program. 
they put them in foil packs these days. You know, that yeah, kind of, okay, those kinds yeah. of items mm-hmm. that have a little bit longer uh, shelf, they're shelf stable. So I was going to bring up two. Interestingly enough, when we were doing a lot of retail arbitrage, we were mm-hmm. doing a lot in the grocery category. We still we still do, mm-hmm. but we were doing a lot in the grocery category, almost exclusively at the time. Mm-hmm. But we were going to the store ourselves before we had other people doing it for us, and we were surprised at how many things on the shelf are yes. already expired yes. by months sometimes, yeah. even uh, long, long times. Sometimes, and this is, you know, one of our shoppers just telling us if when she moved, she said, you know, I got to get these stores retrained. You got to get all that expired inventory out of there. So they are forced to put new inventory in there. And, so. how, and how do you do that? I'll tell you how you do it. Okay. Gives a trick. Asked and answered. Okay. <laughs> what you do is you go ahead and buy it. Like even if it's expired, if you just put it back on the shelf, Nobody's going to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might be able to hunt down the store manager or whatever, but what we like to do is buy it, clear mm-hmm. the shelf, and then check it out, and then take it right over to customer service and return it. And return it. And then you get your money back right away. And guess what? They don't put it back on the shelf. Um, anything in in most cases, the food, anything that's a food item, right? They don't, they don't put it back on the shelf. So you have basically helped them out too. And it's yeah. crazy how many, like I was wondering how many items we were buying that were already expired, and I didn't even know. Right for ourselves for before ourselves, we started yeah. doing this. I know. I did. I never used to look. Now I always look, even when I'm buying for myself. <laughs> Another tip here that we've learned is the larger stores, the Targets, Walmarts, Kroger's, whatever, they actually have uh, third-party vendors who take care of large portions of that store in terms of stocking the product. So let's say there's a Nabisco aisle. Mm-hmm. They could have a Nabisco rep come in and Nabis- Nabisco is the one who is rotating that stock, ordering new product, and stuff like that. So when so, you see someone like that in the aisle, yes, is what you were gonna say? Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, what else can we do if yeah. we know that? Yeah, when you see that person in there mm-hmm. stocking the shelf, well, you can walk up to them and introduce yourself and see if they might be a, develop a relationship and see what might come of that. That's right. That's what Jim would do: would mm-hmm. d- develop a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's a great thing to do. And we've done that before mm-hmm. and found and actually developed a friendship and relationship with one of those people mm-hmm. that we still know today. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that that was great. And uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of interesting stuff. There's, uh, if you notice, like usually a Pepperidge Farm has their own people. Mm-hmm. Vortman Cookies has their own people. Mm-hmm. And other, there are other, I would say, larger uh, or I say conglomerates that yeah. have multiple brands. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll go in and take care of service at least. That service brands, multiple yeah. brands. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they'll go in and, and do that. And so it often they try to blend in because they don't want to be asked questions. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so, but you could walk up to it. If, if it's the person who's like, if, you're asking like, hey, where's the soy sauce? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't work I here. Don't work. That's the person you want to talk <laughs> to. Right. Okay, well, what is it you're stocking right now? Let's talk about that, right? Yeah, he can tell you what day they get restocked. Mm-hmm. Um, he can tell you about uh, she. any shortage or she. Mm-hmm. Yes, in our case, that one relationship I was just talking about was a she. Mm-hmm. Is a she. <laughs> yeah. And um, she told us, you know, when they got when they were getting restocked and um, how much they keep in the back room compared to how much they keep in the, mm-hmm. in the front. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, there was one, actually, it was a, a different rep. Might have been a Nabisco. I can't remember. It was something, uh, some kind of crackers, I think. And he was telling me during the um, the COVID thing, he was telling me which ones they were, like, stopped production on and which ones they uh, were continuing to do. So that gave us the ability to find a 
a replant for a while that was working really great for us because we knew those were the things to go get mm-hmm. because they couldn't get them everywhere. And also those, those folks who are stocking the shelves who don't necessarily work for the store, they can tell you, because they usually do this in more than one store. Right. They can tell you, oh, well, go check this store. They have a larger selection of these items or That's they right. stock more of these items or mm-hmm. you know any, any cool little tips that you can find. And so when you de- are developing your circuit, if this is what you do, you're like, I'm dry, I'm hitting these five what we've discovered is Target's and Walmart's are usually right next to each other, so we can do five or six in, in a trip. Home Depot's and Lowe's are usually really close to each other. We can do those in a trip, and that makes it you know fairly easy. We can knock a lot of things off the list, and like you say, bring it home that day, package it, prep it that night, and get it out the very next day if we want to. That's right. That's right. Okay. In addition okay, to expiration dates. Oh, wait. There's, there's more. more. <laughs> What would you say in addition to expiration date would be a benefit of buying it in the store? Oh, you know, what's really great feeling is when you're you're going to get your things and you have, you know, I'm going to get five of these and seven of those and, you know, however many they have of those. Mm -hmm. And as you're walking down the aisle, you realize, oh, that has been out of stock for weeks and all of a sudden I've given up on it. And all of a sudden there it is. It's back again. Mm -hmm. Check. Is it still a good deal? Buy me some of those and get those back on my Get those back in the rotation. Mm-hmm. That happens when you go into the store and you can actually see what's on the shelf. And when you're doing this, you can actually see which products are are not getting replenished. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, when we were in the very early days, there was a particular coffee that um, we were sourcing at Target. And uh, this is actually what opened up a whole bunch of wholesale opportunities for us is this one particular coffee that was a gold mine mm-hmm. for us. And it just happened to be a gold mine in our area because it hadn't sold out yet. But in most other parts of the country, it was already sold out Mm -hmm. and it was not in production for a limited period of time, which created the shortage of product, which spiked the price Mm -hmm. on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So when you are, when you spend a little bit more time sort of investigating the market and the niche within that market, you might discover some things that are like, ah, this is out at this store and this store, these two stores still have it. If you can determine if it was a, like a, an availability issue, like the mm-hmm. items being on allocation from the manufacturer or the stri- distributor, then you can play some great arbitrage ga- arbitrage games there in terms of buying and just putting your price higher and waiting for everyone else to sell out, and then you mm-hmm. get your price. Yeah, that's a that can be a play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, explore all of those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's one of the things that I get. Did we hit most of those? Did we do packaging? Is that you just? Oh, talking? oh, the other thing when you're looking, when you can see um, expiration dates, you know it's good to go in the store and look. Mm-hmm. The other thing is packaging. You can inspect the packaging and make sure it's good packaging. When you're ordering it online, sometimes it gets beat up in the box. You know, they send the boxes too big and put three of them in a you know huge box, and yes. then they they break or they they aren't you know they aren't sealed right or some or the you know, those light cardboard packages get crunched on the corners. Mm-hmm. When you go into the store, you can inspect that package before you purchase it. Mm-hmm. You won't have to return it because you've already inspected it before yeah. you put it in your bag. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point too. Love that part. So you're getting nice primo looking product. You know, it's got a good date on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're good to go. All right. So here's an argument that I get sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not an argument, just a, you know, a pushback is that I really can't do the shopping myself. Mm-hmm. I I am either not in an area that has these stores available to me, mm-hmm. or I just am not physically able, or I don't have the time to do those things. Does that count me out of retail arbitrage? I don't think so. And in our experience, we have had 
shoppers in three different cities who were basically doing the retail arbitrage for us. Mm -hmm. They actually, we gave them a list. They go to the store, Mm -hmm. they purchase it, and they send it in on our account. Right. One of the great things about that has been that if it's available at Walmart, but they only have three Mm -hmm. at our Walmart, and, you know, maybe they don't sell very many of them in our area, we have people in other cities who are going for the same thing, and maybe they, if each of them can get three or four, then that adds up to a much better shipment mm-hmm. or a much better uh, stock level mm-hmm. when everybody sends from all these different cities. So mm-hmm. that can be very helpful when you outsource it. But it can be outsourced, right? It can, that, that is the outsource model. So right. in our case, sisters, nieces, mm-hmm. right? That That worked really well for us in different cities. It still works well today. And what you'll notice is that there will be different prices in different parts oh, of the true. country. Yes. And so um, you still may have to cost average your stuff um, because it might be 20 cents cheaper in this city than it is in that city. And often you can tell that, uh, let's say if you're shopping Walmart, they want to know where you are so they know which store prices to show you. <laughs> so if you put in you know, a depressed area of the country, you're going to see a different price than you would see in San Diego or you know, Orlando or something like that. True. And and the other thing is uh, the taxes are different yeah. in different cities. Mm-hmm. So you will st- save some money there if you have, you know, depending on how you strategically place your shoppers. And certain flavors of items, food mm, yeah. items, drink items, certain, um, par- uh, certain uh, variations, uh, or- ethnic foods will oh, vary yes. depending on that. Even in the main stores like a Walmart or a Target will vary depending on which part of the country that you're in. Mm-hmm. And what we love about the other thing that you get to take advantage of, which did, we didn't put on this list, but I'm going to inject it here, okay. is that you can take advantage of the regional stores. And frequently the regional stores carry sizes and flavors and or package combinations of these products that national, national stores of the same national brands that you would find at Walmart and Target, but they carry the different flavors and sizes that don't that you can't get at Walmart and Target only in these regional stores. That's right. They're packaged by those national brands for these regional stores sometimes. Right. And it's because the culture in the different areas will dictate which flavors sell well and which ones right. don't. And so a right. flavor that sells really well in Miami probably doesn't sell that well in Maine or in uh, Seattle. Seattle, right? <laughs> okay, but, so let yeah. me just interrupt you because yeah. you gave our secret away. We're, people think, I know they don't believe it. <laughs> in our minds, people think that we just off the, off the cuff come up come with up all with these this. conversations, uh-huh. but we don't. We use yes. notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you are, fully exposed. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, but this can absolutely be outsourced. And there's a great example of how to do that. You can even outsource it in your own city. Um, right. We've heard of other people in the coaching community who, let's say, have a Rolodex that's basically like a a, a text message, mm-hmm. a group text message. Yes. And you can send a list out and say, I, here's the things I need shopped for. Mm-hmm. And the you know first three people to respond get to go do the shopping. And then you can have another rotary or you know phone book, if you will, or, or distribution list for people who want to come prep it and ship it. As long as you've got the place to do it in, in your home or building, office building or whatever, you can actually, you don't have to do you mm-hmm. still can get away with not touching the product. Right? You could. Yeah. Sure. Or they could do it in their own house. They could take it to their own house yeah, and can, do it, which is what our right. shoppers do. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about a lot of the... So do you think we've made our case that... Well, there was just one thing I wanted something? to clean up. I, okay. I, I dropped the... This is how we got uh, a lot of our wholesale accounts when I was talking about that coffee item uh, oh, yeah. at Target mm-hmm. um, from a few years ago. 
to this day that I, so I was calling around cause I needed this coffee because it was, <laughs> it was like talking about falling in love with the product. I fell in love with this coffee you product did. and there were like three different variations. There was the one pack, two pack, three pack. And I just needed all the quantity that I could get. And we had cleaned out every single store in the Metro area for us. All along the front range. I think all yeah. the front range of Colorado. <laughs> yeah. From, from Loveland or Longmont to uh, Pueblo, it was all cleaned out. <laughs> right. So, uh, so then I start calling wholesalers and that actually opened a lot of doors for us. And um, to this day, a couple of those accounts that we opened back in 2020 mm-hmm. um, are our primary wholesale providers today. Yep. And so they say necessity is the mother of invention. And, mm-hmm. and I would say that is true there. So if you have these products that you can't get in the store or you, even that you can. It's limited quantities. Limited quantities. Yeah, you know, or you run into the person who's stocking the shelves who doesn't work for the store but works for a distributor, mm-hmm. hit them up. How do I get a wholesale account? How do I that's get right. an account? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good tip. Okay, so I have, I'm looking at the notes and it says <laughs> there are different, now that I've been exposed, I can yeah. tell everybody. It says we have different levels of retail arbitrage or RA as we call it. Mm-hmm. So one of them, obviously, is strictly RA, where you go into the store, mm-hmm. you source in the store, you purchase in the store, and you, or you go in with a with a um, shopping list and you buy what you need for your replants and you bring it home and you shop. That's strictly retail arbitrage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What else is there? So you could do kind of retail arbitrage, but more in a hybrid hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could do curbside pickup. Okay. So you order online, mm-hmm. you get back into a parking spot at the store, someone comes out, loads it all in your car, and now you haven't had to go into the store and buy it. Yeah, that can be handy. What, what, are, what are the issues with that? Well, one of, the, yeah, what a, <laughs> one of the issues with that is normally when you're buying online, they have limits in place Yeah. that don't exist when you're actually shopping in the store. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do and when we're doing this, especially during Q4, is I'll buy everything that I can online. Mm-hmm pull up to the curbside pickup, have them loaded in my car. And then I go park in the normal normal parking lot and walk in the store, get my cart and buy the rest. And buy the rest. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's a good play. It also, sometimes if you check your, your expiration dates while you are there, you can give them right back to them and, and either take them off your bill or just, you know, go in and return them and go buy some more yeah. when you go in to buy the rest of the shelf. And here's a, here's, here's a cool, uh, a couple of cool retail arbitrage hacks. That okay. One, okay, mm-hmm. I love it. When they bring it out to you, guess what? You can inspect everything when they bring it out and you go, no, I don't want it's this. It's a fresh package. Yeah, that's yep. not going to work for this me. Is not, this date's not good. Take this back. They'll yeah. actually take care of it well, right that's there. That's not what the, I thought it was. This little computer, yep. right? But there is a check box in the two major ones that oh. we've been talking about that says no substitutions. <laughs> if you don't check Now, we're it, talking about major, uh, like Walmart. Walmart and Target. Yeah, okay. okay. If you Not sure if everybody has that, but... Right. If you don't check that box that says um, no substitutions, then when you go to curbside pickup, they could very well have said, oh, guess what? We're out of the, you know, 14 ounce one, but we got you the 16 ounce. Well, we Perfect. know if we're doing replants, we need the 14 ounce if we need the 14 ounce. Right. Right. Not right. the 16 ounce or, or the, not the 12 ounce. Or vice versa. Yeah. Right. And or this, they'll often substitute completely different brands. Right? And they'll charge you for the, the substitution. They won't give it to you for the same price. Right. And this happens in, to this day when I'm placing orders, I will frequently forget to check the box it's that says no remember. substitutions. And so the great thing is when you're doing curbside pickup, you just like Robin was saying, you can inspect at the time 
and decline, uh, what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to totally go off script. And oh no, here we go. Another retail arbitrage hack. What's okay? that? Okay. I got to step back here for just a minute. So just bear with me. Oh, <laughs> can everyone see this bag? Oh yes. This is a, uh, like one of those blue shopping bags from Ikea. I was really worried when you were going back there. I wasn't sure what you were going to (laughs) do. So that blue shopping bag from Ikea fits very well in the bottom of a cart. In fact, you can usually get two. shopping cart. Shopping cart. You can get two of them in the bottom of a shopping cart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now with, this works better with Walmart than it does with Target. With Walmart, then you can also subscribe to. Walmart Plus. Walmart Plus. And Walmart Plus has an app that when you're in the store shopping, you just scan the item and the quantity and you put it in your cart. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we go into the store with our blue bags. Mm -hmm. To this day, we -hmm. will buy all the things, scan them on the app, put them into the blue bag, Mm -hmm. go to self-checkout and scan the QR code and it links up with your app. And then you've got a credit card right in your app and you pay. Mm-hmm. You never have to take the things out and put them on the, on the, what is that thing? What like am I doing? Belt. Conveyor belt mm-hmm. <laughs> in front of the cashier. None of that. So that to me, that's the hardest part physically for me mm-hmm. to do retail arbitrage mm-hmm. is that getting it into the cart and then picking it up out of the cart and put it on the, on the conveyor belt so they can scan it all through and then taking it off the conveyor belt and putting it back into the cart so I can take it out to the car. That is a lot of physical work for me to do. So this changed everything when mm-hmm. we were able to start using that app. Just uh, scan that code that it, it gives you a little QR code. You scan that at self-checkout and walk your way right back out. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I To this, yeah, I keep saying That's to this day, but we love that that app. <laughs> <laughs> and and we use it at all the Walmarts that we go to. And when we forget our blue bags, it's, <laughs> right? Because there's a there's like a study. I think it's Lean, the Lean uh, methodology, project management, or or overall production. Production, yeah. You productivity want to touch the item the least amount of times. And right. so by taking it off the shelf, put it in the blue bag. Mm-hmm. That's once. Then what we used to do is put everything on the conveyor belt, put it all in a bag. And we usually had to bag our own that's stuff. Twice, and then you have to take it off. And you put, put it in the cart. That's three times. Uh-huh. And then you roll the cart to the car and put the cart, take the bags out of the cart. That's four times. Then when you get home. You take it out and take it into your place. That's you five times. And then you got to take it out of the bag. Right. So then it, you got to prep it. <laughs> then you put it in a box and pretty soon you touch this thing 10, 12 times. Right. right? And so, so, but we've only taken away... A couple of them. But still, but it helps a lot. It, the it, most physical ones, yes. I think. Um, right. Two of the most physical ones. Not only does it eliminate the number of times that you touch the product, but it's much more efficient than carrying those bags. And I like to call myself the one-trip wonder, <laughs> right? Where I can... How many bags can you I put on all my names. on my fingers? So <laughs> I can only have to make... One, oh, it drives one, me crazy. One trip from And then the he car. has to do the elbow with the door. And I'm like, why don't you just put it down and make two trips? No, no, no. You can't do that. (laughs) Well, this way I can load up two Ikea bags and I can get it all in one trip. It's very easy to do. (laughs) Okay. All right. Have we beat this retail arbitrage? Very possibly. 
Very possibly. Well, I love this topic. It's a good topic. We're, yeah, we're obviously been passionate lots of about fun. It. Yeah, yeah. We're. I mean, yeah. We just we have so much fun, and uh, I just want to take this moment to say the feedback and the response we've gotten, and just the love that's been poured out to us. We we just appreciate this community so much, mm-hmm. and uh, we just have a ball doing this, and, and we're just so privileged to be able to, uh, you know get on here and be goofballs. <laughs> it, uh, we are grateful and truly it is our pleasure to do this. Absolutely. And it's... with that, mm-hmm. how do you solve that problem? What problem are we trying to solve? Any of them. Any of them? How do you solve that problem? Test more replants. Test more replants. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, before I let you go, we've got a special segment that we do once a week or so around here with my good friend, Mr. Jeff Schick of jeffschick.com, just like the razor, spelled just like the razor. He's our Amazon legal and policy expert, and he's always got an interesting topic that he can throw at us. What do you got for us today, Jeff? Well, I have an interesting one for sure. It is, uh, how much do you trust account health support agents? (laughs) And so a lot of times sellers will come to me and they'll say, well, hey, I talked to so-and-so at account health and they walked me through this scenario. And must be good, right? And the answer is sometimes, but not always. So have two cases actually that are that are interesting recently that come to mind that demonstrate the dangers of just blindly following the account health associates, you know, their their recommendations. One of them was a couple weeks ago, and it was a case where a seller received five IP claims. Now, this is a seller I've worked with for three years, and unfortunately he didn't call me first. I don't know why, but uh he learned from it. <laughs> he called Account Health and they said, oh, yeah, you know, just acknowledge all of them and you'll be fine. They'll get them off the dashboard. So he went ahead and he acknowledged them. And they accepted like two of them. But three of them, they said, no, sorry, we can't accept this. Then he got three more IP claims. So he went from five minus two equals three plus three, so a total of six. But those six caused his account rating to fall to a 97. Now, if you've heard me uh, jabber about the account health rating before, you'll know that anything below 99 means that your account will be deactivated in 72 hours. So he was given a 72-hour notice saying his account will be deactivated in 72 hours uh, if he doesn't fix these IP claims. So what does he do? He sends me a frantic text message. I was actually in the hospital emergency room at the time. So I'm trying to respond to this text message while there's an IV hooked up to my arm and they're taking eight vials of blood. And I'm like, this is great. No way. That's <laughs> commitment like, I, right there. I had my laptop and I was like asking the nurse, wow. I'm like, can you pass the laptop? And she's like, how are you going to type with all this IV? And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm right-handed and it's in my left arm. Maybe I can figure this one out. <laughs> so I pulled out my, you know, my trusty laptop and I started logging in and I looked and I, I asked him, I go, Hey, well, how come all six of these say that you acknowledge the violation. And he goes, oh, well, I talked to account health and they said to do it. And I said, okay, but that's not the right answer. He goes, yeah, clearly not. Because it's, if you click on all of the acknowledgements, it says we can't accept the acknowledgement because you've acknowledged too many violations. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's interesting. That, like that's, you know, that's new. I've never seen them do come back and be like, we can't accept your acknowledgement because you've acknowledged too many in the past. So it, it forced him into submitting appeals, which of course is what we would have done from the beginning anyways. So we, knowing that he was an N97, I knew he needed three points to, to get his account, you know, not deactivated within 72 hours. So, you know, quickly scanned the list, found one of them that I knew that we'd worked with the rights owner before. And of course, our process with IP claims is we don't appeal with Amazon. We go to the rights owners if, and we try to get the rights owners to remove them. 
And then we go to Amazon if necessary. So I found one of the rights owners that we've worked with before that does remove their claims. And so we reached out to him. We said, hey, need you to take care of this. This is, you know, four o'clock on a Friday. Need you to take care of this immediately, you know. And luckily they replied back, sure, it's been retracted. And so that took him up to like 102 and bought us time to deal with the other five that were on there through our proper channels and not, you know, not acknowledging them. So, so that's the first example of what can go wrong when people just blindly acknowledge, because if you acknowledge too many violations, then when you really need to be able to acknowledge you, you need those three points to save your account. They might not let you do it because you've wasted it on other times when his score was above 200, he was acknowledging stuff and he could have been fighting it and not been under the gun. So so, the, so he was trusting the account health expert at Amazon instead of calling you guys first. So that's what led to this whole mess. It kind of reminds Correct. me of, of calling the IRS helpline here in the United States, you know, the tax helpline, the government helpers. Like, you don't know if you're necessarily going to get accurate advice. <laughs> Use an accountant instead. Someone who's done taxes a long time. I would trust my accountant Correct. over the 1-800-IRS agent any day. Kind of the Absolutely. same thing I'm hearing here. Exactly. They, they mean well, but they don't of always... Course know what they're talking about because they're, you know, for instance, at Amazon, there's different levels, right? There's seller support, there's seller performance, there's account health specialists. Those are the subset of seller support. They're not actually the people reviewing cases. So when you have a seller performance representatives, they actually have been on the other, there are the ones on the other side that actually know what's going on with the case and how to handle it and what it needs to say if you're submitting something. Whereas seller, you know, seller support and account health support, they're just doing their best, you know, best efforts. Right. They Uh, could have been hired two weeks ago and they're just trying to move on to the next phone call. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Similarly, I had another case last week. They, uh, similar, same thing. Seller gets a 72 hour notice, calls account health support. Nice enough person on the phone tells them, Hey, just submit an appeal. Seller says, okay, great. What do I submit? I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Three words. (laughs) he goes, that's, that's what I'm supposed to say. I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, just say that. That's Because that's, the way you've explained it, you're good. You didn't do it. And he didn't do it. He really didn't. He was, he was innocent of what they'd accused him of. And so it was just, you know, the computers flagged it incorrectly. So he puts it in. I didn't do it. Submit appeal. And then he calls me. He goes, hey, I just don't feel right about that. Like, I just submitted an appeal that said I didn't do it. It doesn't seem right. I'm like, yeah, it's not right. <laughs> it's certainly not right. I said, so what are they accusing you of? He tells me this, the offense that they're accusing him of doing. I said, okay, why do you think they thought that? I don't know. I never did it. I said, okay, I understand you never did it, but why would they think that? And so we're talking through and he goes, well, I did this, this, and this, which sort of seems, I'm like, well, you see how it could look from the other side that maybe you did do it based on what you're saying, even though now we have the data to prove you didn't. He goes, yeah, absolutely. I said, okay. And we've got all this other evidence that backs up your side of the story too. Yeah, we do. I said, okay, great. So that's what we're going to submit now. And so he goes into the, the appeal window. It has still not been reviewed by anyone yet. You know, it was pending submission or pending, pending review. So I said, okay, we're going to click edit and we're going to go in and we're going to edit this and we're going to put this extra information in. So we added those extra bullet points. We added some you know, supporting documents. And a couple hours later, he received an email saying, we've reviewed your appeal and you continue, you may continue to sell on Amazon. You're no longer at risk of suspension. That's but beautiful. I, yeah. I can guarantee if he had just said, I didn't do it, probably that would not have, have had that same That outcome. wouldn't have been enough. That would not have been sufficient. Right. Because even though we both know he didn't do it, he had to prove that he didn't do it because 
what he did looked like it. And just, you know, optics, you know, there's always two sides to every story, right? So there's his side, Amazon's side, and the truth. And of course, the truth was closer to his side than Amazon's side. And we just had to give them the data so they'd see it too. So Well done. I love stories like that. Great happy ending and save the day. And yeah, you can edit your appeal if they haven't started reviewing it yet. I didn't even realize that. That's great to know. So yeah. a lot of little a nuggets in there today. Yeah, they rolled it out recently. It's not. It did not used to be the case. It used to be once you submitted it, you were kind of locked in until they okay. declined it. So that's why it's nice. Seen that. Very yeah. cool. So All right, well, good hanging out with you today, Jeff. I appreciate it, man. We'll do this again next week. Sounds good. Let's plan Works on it. Jeffshick.com, our resident expert for all things Amazon legal and Amazon policy. He's a lawyer. So get a lawyer on your side for just a few bucks a day. Very much worth it if you're taking Amazon business serious. So we'll talk to you again soon, Jeff. Thanks. And I should mention too, he was a new client. So I think he's only, you know, he's only paid us one month of, uh, that's cool. Of, of membership. One month of retainer more than paid for retainer. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you think about like in the past, you know, with, with attorneys, that would have been a $2,500 appeal and that was covered under one month's retainer fee. So, absolutely, you know. we cover that in some of the newer the newer episodes. The first episodes we did with you, just the fact of yeah. anything like this in the past would have cost you fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars minimum just to get the attention right. of someone who right. could help you with these kind of scenarios. So, for a few dollars a day, that's a steal, yeah. man. Awesome. Correct. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank Thanks, you. Buddy. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.